Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The following program is a production of Chilling Entertainment and the creative team at Chilling Tales for Dark Nights and a proud member of the Simply Scary Podcast Network. Visit simplyscarypodcast.com to learn more about this and our other weekly storytelling programs. And become a patron today to show your support and get instant access to our extensive archive of downloadable ad-free tales of terror. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Today's episode of Scary Stories Told in the Dark is brought to you by Robinhood, the investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos all commission-free. I'll be back after tonight's first story to tell you a bit more about Robinhood and a special offer they have for my listeners this week. Until then, go ahead and make sure your doors are locked and check to make sure your closet doors are shut like they ought to be. That way you'll have some warning when they creak open later, when you're sound asleep. <laughs> Just kidding. Or am I? <laughs> Stay tuned. The show's about to begin. <laughs> Good evening. I'm storyteller Otis Gyre. And I ain't your grandfather. From where I'm from, we don't do bedtime stories. And if that's what you were expecting, you're in the wrong place. If it's terrifying tales you're after, well then, I've got just the thing. Get comfortable, settle in, turn off the lights, if you dare. Your night is about to get a whole lot darker. <laughs> Who needs sleep anyway? <laughs> Good evening. You're listening to Scary Stories Told in the Dark. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 15. I'm your host, Otis Jiry. In tonight's episode, I'll be performing three stories for you about devilish disorders, terrifying traditions, and the unsettling reality of quantum immortality. You're listening to the standard edition of tonight's program. If you'd like to show your support and enjoy an extended version of this and other episodes with twice the terror, visit simplyscarypodcast.com and click Patrons in the upper menu to sign up today. Thank you for your support. Now it's time to get started, so lock your doors, turn your lights down low, and settle in. The show is about to begin. 
Our first tale of terror this evening comes to us courtesy of author Richard Saxon. Without further ado, I present to you, I Never Should Have Cured My Tinnitus. Tinnitus, a nightmare of a disease affecting millions of people, myself included. How could I best describe this condition? An incessant nail on a chalkboard, screeching that goes on for every minute of every day. Just imagine never experiencing the true bliss of utter silence. Maybe it's not too uncommon to hear a vague ringing, especially for people like me, who had grown up to become an obnoxious teenager with no regard for volume control. Understandably, my parents were not happy about my blasting loud music at all hours, but what kind of teenage rebel would I have been if I listened to my parents? Ultimately, my punishment would be given years later when I started hearing a faint ringing. At first, it was a rare recurrence, but at present day, I can't even fall asleep without the aid of a loud, white-noise-producing machine. Even then... My quality of rest is debatable at best. During the early days, I was willing to try anything to stop the godforsaken noise. Rainstorms while sleeping, earwax removal, even a small dose of antidepressants. Nothing worked. You'd be amazed how many help groups you can find online. Forums for anything. Veterans with PTSD. How to cope with losing a pet or, in my case, how to deal with tinnitus. I looked over the top suggestions on several occasions. Most I had already tried while visiting my doctor, while the rest were mostly scams, better suited for multi-level marketing campaigns. I used to call myself an optimist, so naturally I would return to the forum every other week in hopes of finding a miracle cure. On one particular day, I decided to scroll a bit further down and see the less popular suggestions. Among the obvious troll posts and scam cures, I found a more clickbaity post that read, A weird trick to cure tinnitus. Nothing more, nothing less. I sighed and started reading, preparing myself to be disappointed yet again. Still, the instructions were simple enough. Place your palms over your ears and direct your fingers to the back of your head. Put your index fingers on top of your middle fingers and try to snap them, like a drum. Repeat 50 to 100 times. There were no comments below, as the post was relatively new. Worst case, I would look stupid sitting there by myself and drumming the back of my head. So I tried it out, snapping my fingers and causing a little drumming sensation. Forty-five, forty-six, forty-seven, forty-eight, forty-nine, fifty. Well, that ought to do it. I removed my palms from my ears and listened intently. Nothing. For the first time in years, there was just the pure bliss of silence. For minutes, I just sat back and on, not believing what I was hearing, or, more accurately, not hearing. Had the trick actually worked? I decided that rather than enjoying my newfound silence, I would give my brain a well-deserved silent rest. And that's exactly what I did. I slept like a baby that night, until around two in the morning. I tend to wake up randomly during the night, so it caused little concern. To my disappointment, but not surprise, the screeching had returned. At best, I had half expected the solution to be a temporary one. I simply performed the witchcraft-like trick again, and once more, the ringing was gone without a trace. With a sigh of relief, I settled back into bed. The sound that had haunted me for so long had been easily defeated by a helpful, anonymous person online, and I was content. Only then did I realize that I wasn't enveloped in complete silence. Rather, there was something else cowering in the dark, only making its presence known by a soft thump. 
Could it be my own heartbeat? After all these years, would I now be haunted by a new sound? I held three fingers on my neck and felt a pulse. It didn't match the sound in the darkness. Although I tried, placing the sound proved to be a challenge. With each passing thump, I tried to pinpoint its origin a bit more precisely. I went so far as to open every cupboard in my apartment, checked in the hallways, and lastly, placed my ear against the wall. No sooner did my ear touch the wall before the sound stopped. My heart raced alongside my logical mind. There had to be a simple explanation. Maybe it was just a busted pipe, or one of my neighbors being a prick late at night. No matter the cause, it was time for bed. In the morning, the ringing returned. I figured I could put the noise at bay by performing the trick every six hours. It quickly became a routine of mine to stupidly tap my head when no one was looking, and it worked. Everything was great, apart from my nightly routine of waking up around two and hearing the same thumping, softly keeping me company in the darkness. Most nights I simply ignored it, but other nights curiosity got the better of me and I pursued the sound. Each night I once again failed to locate the sound. I simply couldn't place it, and I couldn't be bothered to stay up long enough to figure out when it started and when it ended. I tried to talk my neighbors into investigation, but they scoffed at the idea of waking at such late hours. Rats were another possibility, but after a quick visit by pest control, they assured me there were no rodents living within the walls. In fact, after looking at the building plans, they insisted that it would be impossible for rats to live inside these walls. As a last resort, I decided I'd record myself sleeping. I'd heard there were a bunch of apps that only record you, if there's a noise, so I figured it would be ideal for the situation. I downloaded a free app and went to bed. Just like the night before, I woke around 2 a.m., but decided I would ignore the sound and let my phone do its work. I had some earplugs that came in handy, and without further troubles, I fell asleep. After waking up the following morning, I brewed myself a much-needed cup of coffee and sat down, figuring I could run the recording through audio editing software to look at the amplitude of the sound waves, rather than listening through it all. The thump started around midnight and kept going for several hours. Aside from that, I mostly found sounds of myself shifting around in bed. However, at 3.30 a.m., there was a short pause consisting of complete silence, as if every sound had been erased from existence. It wasn't more than a minute before the sound returned, but it was no longer a soft thumping. It sounded more like whispering, just incomprehensible voices talking to no one in particular, uh, raspy and tired. I couldn't make out what was said on the recording. The phone wasn't exactly a technological wonder. In fact, I had no interest in finding out. If anything, I would have preferred to leave the apartment and forget about the whole thing. But being a poor student without any nearby family, I had no other option than to stay put. Besides, I still thought there might be a logical explanation. After some hesitation, I came to the ridiculous conclusion that if I could hear the actual whispering, I could probably locate the culprits. So when night came, I went to bed, fully expecting to be awoken at the usual time, and from then I would search for the source of the noise. 2 a.m. rolled around, and I was awoken by the familiar, eerie thumping. Where it had once been a welcome, intriguing part of my nightly routine, it had now become a dreaded enemy. It was relentless, not stopping for a single second, and as before... I had trouble identifying the exact location it was emanating from. Like an auditory illusion, it seemed to echo throughout the room, coming from everywhere and nowhere all at once. At precisely 3.31, the sound abruptly came to a halt. I held my breath in anticipation. 
waiting for the mysterious voice to start talking. As expected, the whispers began. Unlike the thumps, however, I could tell, immediately, discern their origin. They came from the wall directly behind my bed. I knew there couldn't possibly exist anything behind the wall. No apartment nor crawl space, just a concrete barrier separating my room from the outdoors. I crawled under my bed with caution, as if approaching a wild animal, and carefully pressed my ear to the wall. The whispers started to become more focused, morphing into a single, understandable phrase. You know you can finally hear us. It sounded like several broken voices merged into a single entity. I jolted back on my bed where I remained frozen in fear. Thank you for letting us in. The voices continued before falling silent. I began to feel faint, and it took me a while to realize I hadn't been breathing for quite some time. I forced a gasp, bringing air into my I desperately to calm down. While trying to come up with a plan, the thumping returned, only this time I heard exactly where it came from. The soft steps turned into loud tearing along the inside of the wall. It moved with each step, working its way towards the hallway outside my bedroom. I could vaguely make out a shadow beneath the door as it moved past it. I always kept my bedroom door locked, a habit formed during my time spent living with intruding family members, but I knew that wouldn't stop whatever abomination I'd let loose simply by acknowledging its presence. The creature started knocking on the door, a playful thump with each knock one I had become accustomed to over the past few weeks. It spoke to me with its now-familiar broken voice. It's too late to lock us out now, they said. What do you want? I stuttered back. What are you? We are the Acolytes. We just wanted to be heard. We've waited so long. It struck the door and small cracks appeared around the hinges. We've always been here, the voices cried in unison. Why are you afraid? Another violent punch in the upper hinge broke off the door frame. I would have called the police, or anyone for that matter, but had inconveniently left my phone in my jacket pocket. So I threw on whatever clothes I had lying on the floor and clambered out the window, down the fire escape. I wasn't taking any chances with whatever was on the opposite side of my door. As I made my descent, I heard my bedroom door splinter. Where are you? The things yelled. We have come for you. I never looked back. After my escape, I made my way to a nearby gas station and used their phone to dial the police. I told them, without going into specifics, there had been an intruder in my apartment and explained how I fled down the fire escape. When they checked the apartment, however, there was no one to be found. The door to my bedroom was shattered, but there were no other signs of forced entry and no indication that anything else had been damaged or stolen. To make matters worse, my apartment's overall state of disrepair made it difficult for the police to accept my story at face value. They had to break down the front door to get in, and I knew my landlord would be pissed, but I didn't care about that. After a very brief investigation, which involved checking the security camera footage to confirm that no one could possibly have entered my apartment, I was let off with a warning not to call Prelace again with a prank call. Another cop offered me the number for a local psychiatric facility. While the police were there, I grabbed a bag and filled it with the bare essentials. I left that night to return home to my parents, intending to spend the rest of the night at the train station. I'm never returning to that place. I've called my landlord and explained that they can keep my deposit, along with whatever stuff I left behind. A few days passed after I left the apartment behind. Before long, my tinnitus returned, louder than ever. And at first, I couldn't have been happier about it. 
by allowing myself to hear the entities I had inadvertently let them in. I accepted my condition as a bittersweet blessing, as it hid the things that go bump and thump in the night. And if I couldn't hear them, they couldn't find me either. Unfortunately, my relief proved to be short-lived. As it turned out, the ringer was no longer enough to silence the voices. Last night, I woke up to a strange sound at 3.31 a.m. We found you. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I hope you enjoyed I Never Should Have Cured My Tinnitus by author Richard Saxon. Up next, we've got a tale from author Eigengrology that'll make your family traditions pale in comparison, no matter how weird you think your relatives are. Before we dive into the dismal depths of another terrifying tale, however, allow me to tell you about today's sponsors, Robin Hood. Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos all commission-free. While other brokerages charge up to $10 for every trade, Robinhood doesn't charge any commission fees, so you can trade stocks and keep all of your profits. Plus, there's no account minimum deposit needed to get started, so you can start investing at any level. The simple, intuitive design of Robinhood makes investing easy for newcomers and experts alike. View easy-to-understand charts and market data, and place a trade in just four taps on your smartphone. You can also view stock collections, such as the 100 most popular. With Robinhood, you can learn how to invest in the market as you build your portfolio. Discover new stocks, track your favorite companies, and get custom notifications for price movements so you never miss the right moment to invest. Robinhood is giving listeners of Scary Stories Told in the Dark a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help you build your portfolio. Sign up at scarystories.robinhood.com Now, without further ado, grab your safety blanket and hold on tight. Our third and final story tonight is going to pour nightmare fuel all over that fantasy you've got about living forever and leave you wishing for death 
rather than another hundred years. Stay tuned. Our second story today comes to us from author Eigengrology. I present to you, someone has made it an annual tradition to amputate a part of my body. Back in 2012, I went to Las Vegas for a couple of weeks to blow off some steam along with my severance package after I was laid off. It was an absurd amount of money, but it was enough to have fun for a few days, which was all I wanted. I was staying at a casino hotel, and one morning I woke up with what I initially assumed was just another hangover. I felt nauseous and slightly dazed, and it took a couple of minutes for my legs and arms to regain their normal levels of sensation. It's almost as if my body had slept for a really long time. It didn't take long before I realized I was missing a finger. My left index finger, to be more precise. I started freaking out and panicking. As my vision gradually turned to black, threatening to make me pass out at any given second. I didn't lose consciousness, but I still struggled as I looked over all over my room for my missing finger. Something I was quick to notice was that there wasn't any blood at all, none that I could see at least. Of course, it could have just been my drunken, drugged up and panicked self that couldn't see or think straight but the investigation confirmed it later on. No traces of blood were found, and the weapon, object, responsible for the deed was also missing. It appeared to be a clean cut, and the wound had somehow been cauterized. To me, it looked like the finger had simply fallen off. I know this makes no sense at all, but that was my train of thought. I mean, if you woke up one day missing a finger, you'd certainly look around first, right? So that's what I did. I mean, it's a party, part of your body, something that's just not supposed to disappear like that. I eventually called for help, and to say it was a total shit show, yeah, that doesn't even come close. So many cops, casino security, and nosy patrons trying to understand what the hell was going on. I didn't know what to say or even what to think. I was missing a fucking finger and had no idea how or why that happened. The cops didn't seem to care all that much. One of them implied something along the lines of me borrowing money from a loan shark or the mob or something like that. Another one said, it's just a finger, you should be grateful. I was disgusted beyond words, but before I got to defend myself from those accusations, everyone seemed to accept it as the truth. Yeah, when in Vegas, someone said. I still filed a ton of paperwork, but it was worthless in the end. No clues came up, and I could tell it was pointless to bother them about it. It was fucking Vegas, after all, right? What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. My finger sure as hell stayed there for all I know. I threatened to sue the hotel, and the guys in charge ended up giving me some hush money. I guess having your patrons lose body parts without a good enough reason would be bad for business. Who would have thought? I think this goes without saying, but the whole ordeal and its aftermath fucking sucked. Of course, things are much different now, in hindsight, with me not knowing at the time that it would become a regular thing, but even then it was enough to nearly ruin my life. I know it was just one finger, but how do you come to terms with something like that? It's one thing to be involved in a freak accident or even a fight, but not only did I not know how I had lost it, I also didn't know why or even who, would want to do something like that to me. How do you explain that to friends and family? How do you even begin to wrap your head around something like that? Imagine waking up every single morning and being reminded almost instantly that a part of your body has gone missing. If you think you could have easily moved past it, well, then good for you. 
You're a better, stronger person than I could ever hope to be. But in my case, it nearly destroyed me. I didn't leave my apartment for months. I couldn't think or function normally because the thought of my lost finger was always on my mind. I mean, it used to be attached to me, and then it disappeared overnight. So it was only natural to be reminded of its absence constantly. Whenever I reached to grab something, whenever I used or looked at my hands, it would mess me up for the rest of the day. I hadn't become fully used to it yet, but thanks to therapy, I was on the verge of making peace with it and finally moving on with my life. And then I lost something exactly one year later. 2013. I woke up with a very familiar sensation. One that had plagued my nightmares as well as my sleep paralysis incidents for the past year. I felt sick and numb, my whole body struggling to move and wake up. Sensation slowly came back to me, followed by pain. I screamed for my life, as I had done hundreds of times right before waking up in a puddle of sweat, but it was no nightmare. My right ear had gone missing in the exact same circumstances as my finger. No blood, no tools, nothing left behind. It didn't take long for me to realize that both incidents had happened on the exact same day of the exact same month. There was a pattern. There was, in all likelihood, a reason for this madness, and someone had to be behind it, and yet absolutely nothing came from it once again. Absolutely nothing. That's what the cops had to work with. And I was left exactly the same as the year before. Except now, I was missing an ear as well. The cops suspected my then-girlfriend at the time. She was a nurse. I think you can guess. In under which circumstances we first met. But everything checked out. She'd been working all night and dozens of hospital staff accounted for as did video surveillance. While she provided some emotional support at first, she bailed after a few days. I couldn't blame her. Not only was there still no logical explanation to the who, how, and why, but someone had managed to make their way into our home, hack a piece of me, and leave without seemingly breaking in or even leaving any evidence behind. That would just but scare anyone into moving away to another state, maybe even another country, which I actually attempted to do at some point, but more on that in a bit. And not only that, but this wasn't the first time that it had happened, and now all the signs pointed to this becoming an annual event. And it sure did. 2014. Probably the hardest year I had to live through. Knowing that someone was actively trying to ruin my life by slowly amputating my body piece by piece. I invested a lot in security and would change the locks every other week. But I was never satisfied. It wasn't enough. I barely slept, knowing that each passing day brought me closer to that terrible day. But what if it didn't? What if they decided to come that very night, or the next, maybe next week, or two months later? They had done with me as they pleased, twice on the exact same day of the year, and the message was clear. They could do what they wanted with me, whenever they wanted, and get away with it. It probably wouldn't have been smart to just move to a different place, but my anxiety dictated most of my decisions. I nearly didn't talk to anyone that whole year. That, on top of my seclusion, didn't do me any good, although it did provide a bare-bones source of comfort. I lived in constant fear for the first two-thirds of 2014. I thought it would get a lot worse as the inevitable date drew closer, but the opposite happened. I became angrier with a newfound bloodlust building up inside of me. Someone was going to do this to me, and if they wanted to keep on doing it, they would have to come for me again. 
Only this time I would be ready. I would be expecting them. They couldn't possibly get away a third time, and more importantly, I just couldn't afford to lose anything else. I couldn't allow it, as I feared my mind and spirit would simply break apart. I got myself a gun through some gangbangers, and made sure I'd know how to use it when the time came. I was ready to take a life, and considering all that had happened to me, I knew I could probably get away with it. In fact, if anyone had knocked on my door that day, I would have likely unloaded a full clip through the door without thinking twice. I just needed an excuse, the smallest hint of a threat, anything. I know I took some pills to make sure that I'd remain awake and aware throughout that night, but my recollection of that evening just fizzles past a certain point. I thought I'd taken enough steps to guarantee that I'd make it to the next day in one piece, or rather, without losing any more pieces. But I was wrong. That year they took my right hand, but that's not all they did. The weapon I had brought for my protection. It was left on my desk, completely disassembled, with every part and component neatly, perfectly arranged, like it was something straight out of a fucking manual. They had left a message, perhaps even a warning of things to come, the meaning of which I'm sure I don't have to explain to you at this stage. All I knew then is that it was all far from over. Living as a shut-in had done me no good, so I had to radically change my approach if I hoped to change anything. I spent most of 2015 traveling the country, staying at motels, and all kinds of sketchy places. I never knew where I was headed next whenever I got on a cab or hitched a ride, ditched my phone, and made sure to never make reservations of any kind. That sort of thing. No, not leaving a trail behind, and just get off the grid, or at least try to. Figured that might be enough to lose whoever was after me, even though I had no idea what kind of resources they had available to them. For a while, I think I really felt confident about it. I believed I could survive the year without losing any more pieces of me. But as the dreaded date loomed closer, doubts and anxiety found a way to cripple me all over again. In doing so, it gave way for all that mental and physical fatigue to set in, accumulated from nearly a whole year's worth of traveling around. What if everything I had done wasn't enough? Or what if it had been all pointless to begin with? There was less than a week left at that point, and that's when I decided to do something very stupid that probably undid all the work I'd done so far. I bought a laptop and used the dark web to hire someone to protect me. They took my money, but they never showed up. I lost my tongue that year. I didn't do much of anything in 2016. I moved into a new apartment every couple months or so, but more out of necessity than anything else. There was no point for me to move around as I had done the year before, considering how it turned out in the end. Instead, I tried my best to live a normal life as much as possible, despite everything I had lost and with my speech now severely impaired as well. I kept mostly to myself. On the outside, I appeared to be coping and living with my disabilities as best as I could, but I hadn't given up. Every day I kept thinking of a way to stop something that, for all intents and purposes, seemed to be unavoidable no matter what I did. I kept everything related to this issue bottled up inside my head. That was the only place I was sure they couldn't look into to see what I was planning. Even though I spent most of the year thinking of a way to keep it from happening again, I want to make it clear that I didn't have a grand scheme going on. I wish I had, but as you would surely understand, I wasn't exactly in the best of places. Losing body part after body part every single year will do that to you. All of this just to say that the best thing I came up with 
was getting on the longest flight available on that particular day. The destination didn't matter to me. I figured there was no way someone could get a piece of me while up in the air and with nowhere to run to. It was impossible, no matter how many scenarios I tried to recreate in my mind. And if I could spend enough hours up in the air, maybe I could make it. Maybe for once I could go through one year without losing a part of me. And maybe the whole thing would finally stop. I didn't even make it inside the plane. Airport security found me passed out in a bathroom, missing my left foot. I gave up entirely after that. How could I not? When I asked for help, they took my tongue. When I tried to fly away, they took my foot, as if to say I wasn't going anywhere. I didn't see the point to try and fight it any further. And even if I wanted to pursue some form of resistance, what could I ever attempt to achieve by myself? What could I ever hope to accomplish in the condition I was in, which only worsened year after year? Nothing. There was nothing left for me to do but accept it. Accept the fact that it was going to happen again, that I couldn't do anything about it. So last year I didn't do anything extraordinary. Went to the movie theater in the afternoon, had dinner at the fanciest restaurant I could find without a reservation, then went straight home. I didn't stay up pointing a gun at the door. I didn't bother with any last-minute thinking that I knew wouldn't get me anywhere. I just went to bed and fell asleep, knowing that I'd wake up the following morning less of a man than I was the day before. I didn't do anything except leave a handwritten note by my bedside. Why was all it said. Why was all I needed to know. I figured, since I had accepted and stopped trying to fight it, that they would at least humor my request and just tell me why they were doing this to me. Why me? An answer was all I wanted, and it wasn't much to ask for considering everything that had been taken from me. I wasn't really sure what to expect, even if they were to leave me an answer, since nothing could possibly justify what had been done to me. I never did anything to anyone that could warrant this kind of vengeance. No crazy people in my life or insane ex-girlfriends, none at all. And if this had been a case of mistaken identity or misdirected revenge, I could never get any of it back. It's done is done, but I still had to know. I needed something to go on, no matter how fucking insane or deluded it might be. I needed to know the reasoning behind this slow process that was progressively erasing my existence from this world. I woke up missing an eye, and all I got was the following response, left on the same sheet of paper. Why not? That brings us to now. I know there might have been other things I could have done, other actions I could have taken, but when they left my gun completely disassembled, and even when they answered my note, I could have asked the cops to look for fingerprints or some kind of evidence, but did I think something would come of it? No. They wouldn't be so methodical and relentless unless they had no reason to believe they would be caught. I know it's dumb to think like this, but I knew in my gut that it was pointless to dwell on it. I understand that I likely committed some very dumb mistakes earlier on, but please try and see it from my perspective. I was alone through most of it all in these last six years, and every time it happened again, I started functioning less and less like a normal person. I had no one to ask for help, and even if I did, my heightened paranoia would have made me believe otherwise. I lived in constant fear and apprehension, afraid that whoever is responsible for this could literally be any person I come across if I were to step outside. Please understand that things went down the only way that they could because of the bad place I was put into, both physically as well as mentally. And please understand that I'm not here to ask for your help. 
As I said, I have already made my peace with it, and I don't mean to trouble any of you in trying to come up with a scheme or a plan to make this stop once and for all. If you've read everything up until now, then that's more than enough, and I don't wish to take any more of your time. Thank you. Truly. With this, I just want someone to know that I existed. I just want someone to remember that I, too, was someone at some point. I was complete. I was a person. I could share my name, even my mangled face, but even what's left of it can be taken away if they want to. But not these words. You can't take this away from me, and you won't be able to erase me from people's memories. I know it isn't much, and I know... I might not live on for long in this capacity, but for now it's more than enough. I know that whoever has been collecting my body parts over the years will see this. I know you'll be reading this. Perhaps you'll even leave a comment of sorts, wishing me luck or even offering your help and insight. I know you will. There's only two days left until our next date, Maybe you'll finally show yourself to me. Maybe you'll finally put me out of my misery once and for all. I considered it myself plenty of times. But since you've been through all of this trouble already, I figured I might as well wait for you to wrap it up. Wouldn't want to ruin your fun. And I, too, get some form of twisted satisfaction out of it by knowing that you will always have to come back more. You're not done yet, are you? And to tell you the truth, I'm actually quite excited for once. This is pretty much the only thing I have left to look forward to at this point. And who knows? I might also have a surprise in store for you. Or maybe I don't. See you soon. Thanks for joining me tonight for Scary Stories Told in the Dark. If you like what you heard and would like to hear a premium extended edition of tonight's episode, which includes two more terrifying tales, visit simplyscarypodcast.com today and click the Patrons link in the menu at the top of the screen. You'll find yourself on Chilling Tales for Dark Nights, where you can sign up for a season pass and get access to all 24 ad-free extended episodes from this season or sign up as a patron for just $5 per month and get access to not just my show but our network's audio archive of hundreds of previous releases including premium versions of our other shows. Not only that, but you'll be lending your support to this very program and help me continue bringing nightmares to life each and every week. Thanks again to today's sponsor, Robin Hood, for their support of this show. Don't forget, as a listener, Robinhood is giving my listeners a free stock, such as Apple, Ford, or Sprint, to help build your portfolio. Sign up now at scarystories.robinhood.com. Once more, that's scarystories.robinhood.com. Until next week, stay spooky and get some sleep, if you can. <laughs> Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Scary Stories Told in the Dark, a production of Chilling Entertainment and the creative team at Chilling Tales for Dark Nights, and a proud member of the Simply Scary Podcasts Network. Visit simplyscarypodcast.com today to learn more about our network and our other amazing storytelling programs. Tonight's program was hosted and its featured stories performed by yours truly, Otis Jiry. Selected stories have been adapted with the kind permission of their respective authors. Original music provided by Luke Hodgkinson and Jesse Cornett. Sound design and final mixing and mastering provided by executive producer and director Craig Groshek. Program's artwork and logo by David Romero. If you're looking for some fresh tales on a daily basis while waiting for the next podcast, check out my YouTube channel, the Otis Jiry channel, 
and my extensive collection of narrated tales there. Simply search on YouTube by my name, and you'll find me. And don't forget to subscribe and press the bell notification icon to get my latest releases. Got a scary tale of your own that you'd like performed? I take submissions. Email it to me today at otis at simplyscarypodcast.com to have your terrifying tome considered for production in a future episode of this show. That's O-T-I-S at simplyscarypodcast.com. If you've enjoyed what you heard on tonight's program and are joining us on your favorite podcast app, subscribe to us to be sure you never miss an episode and leave a five-star review and a comment. Your feedback means a lot to me. You can also follow Chilling Tales for Dark Nights and yours truly on Facebook to connect anytime and get the latest updates on this and other programs and my channel. If you're listening on the Chilling Tales for Dark Nights YouTube channel, do us a favor and hit the subscribe button and the bell notification icon for CTFDN as well to get more spooky tales from me and the crew and another episode of this program each and every Wednesday. And don't forget to hit that thumbs up button to tell us how we're doing and leave a kind word or a request. And don't forget to visit us at ChillingTalesForDarkNights.com and consider supporting the team by becoming a patron. In addition to helping us out, you'll get exclusive access to our audio archive and ad-free downloads of all your favorite stories, including those you've heard on this program. As for me, I'll be back next Wednesday with more terrifying tales to keep you up all night. But that's all right. Who needs sleep anyway? Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.